0: Exodus chapter number 1, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. We'll begin in verse number 15 and read down through uh, verse number 22, the end of the chapter. Exodus chapter 1, verse number 15, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shiphrah, and the name of the other, Puah. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives, and said unto them, And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that He made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Isn't that a sad passage of Scripture? I want to remind us today as we look at this subject matter of the sanctity of life, I'm going to preach on the subject matter on the attack against life. But what we're facing in 2022 is not something that is brand new. But I believe since the beginning of time, I believe that there has been an attack and I'll share a few thoughts on that and then we're going to look into the scriptures. But aren't you thankful for some God-fearing people? And can I say this? Partial birth abortion or abortion at birth is no different today than it was 4,000 years ago. Here they are upon birth, throw them in the river, kill the baby. And uh, we haven't come too far in the history of humanity today. And I want to draw our attention to it out of the scriptures today on the attack against life. Let's pray together. Father, we sure do love you. What I'm thankful that uh, I have a mother that chose life. And Lord, we know that there's tragic circumstances for which a child may be brought into this world. But Lord, I'm thankful through all of that, that Lord, you can still reign victorious in their life. And so Lord, I pray that you would work in a wonderful way, challenge our hearts, convict us. Lord, may we value life, Lord, as much as you do. Well thank you for what you're going to do in our lives now in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. The attack against human life as we look into the scriptures, I want to remind us that I believe from the beginning of time, I believe that there has been a consolidated effort to be able to destroy life. I believe that it started and let me say this with some of the things that takes place I believe that there is direct demonic influence and devilish agendas that are desiring to destroy human life today. I believe we see it throughout the scriptures all the way back because of the prophecy that was given in in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, that there was going to be a Messiah that was going to come. There was going to be a virgin birth, the seed of the woman, as the Bible says in Genesis 3, 15. And so I believe since then the devil's tried to do everything he could do. We see it throughout history to destroy the specifically the man-child... We see it over and we'll read more about it and make reference to it over at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I believe that the devil has been behind the destroying of life. You say, well, why is that? Well, there's so much practically that I could get into this morning, but I believe this. I believe that after Satan was created by God, I believe after he fell... I believe man was created, and the Bible says in Genesis 1 that man was created in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26, and God said, Let us make man in our image. Verse 27 says, So God created male and female. Okay? So we look down through, but I believe this. I believe that the devil saw the final creation that God created. God's, God created man and saw the fellowship that God had with His creation. Walking in the cool of the day, I believe, and I, I don't have a chapter and verse, I just look at principles throughout the scripture, and I believe that that stirred up some jealousy in the heart of Satan, and he wanted what God had. And I believe since man was created, I believe that the devil has been trying to destroy and mess up God's most special creation that he is able to have fellowship and commune with the attack on human life has not just been in the past few years. It's not just been since they argued Roe versus Wade back in the early 60s, excuse me, in the 70s. It's not just since then. It's been going back throughout history. We find it here in Exodus chapter number one, and we've completed in Genesis the life of Joseph. We know beginning in the book of Exodus that there is a Pharaoh that arises that knows not Joseph. The Bible says. And all he knows is in a corner of his nation that there is another people that is multiplying. There's another people that is being raised up. And he begins to fear. And he says, listen, back in verse number 10, he said, if another nation were to come and bring war against Egypt, he said, these people over here would be able to join them and to be able to overthrow our nation. He says, here's what we need to do. He, he put them into slavery, but they continue to multiply. And then he said this, he said, let's start killing the children. Let's start killing not just the, the little girls. He said, they're okay. He said, but these little boys, because they're going to grow up and they'll be able to be men of war as they become of age. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar because of over, overpopulating today around this world? You get over into China. Hey, it's okay if you have four girls, but what if you have four boys? You're breaking the law. You say, oh no, this is all the way back in the Bible times. And then they start imposing and you can only have one child or you can have this and they start adjusting back and forth on all of it. I wonder this, and the statistics are not available in many cases to be able to find out. I wonder how many babies are aborted over in China in any calendar year. Because now if the laws are only you can have one child, they're going to abort the girl and make sure to be able to try for a boy. May I say this and it may remind you, you say, oh, that's wicked if they don't even know how many abortions are taking place over in China because of all this. May I remind us that we don't know how many abortions are taking place in New Hampshire because there's actually no laws in place that they have to be reported. And so it can take place across our state right now. So we come to Exodus and we see that the Pharaoh has stepped up and he has said, he's called the midwives in. And I wonder at this, did he call all the midwives in? How many were there? Or maybe this was the, uh, the first union that was formed. It was the midwives union. And they called the leadership in and be able to say, hey, I want you to pass this along. And if it be a son, then ye shall kill him according to verse number 16 is what the Bible says. We read throughout, and I can show you several passages of Scripture. I want to share really just three things on the attack against human life today. And you say, why is that so prevalent today? Well, there's a few things I saw in this passage of Scripture that I believe are applicable uh, for today to be able to understand the mindset. First of all, I believe there's an attack against human life because their personal agenda is more important than life. You say their personal agenda. Yes, their personal agenda. I believe their their societal agenda, their government agenda, what is taking place here in Exodus chapter number 1 is their agenda of being able to stay more populated with Egyptians than they do with the Israelites caused them to start killing every baby boy that was born. You say, why is that, Pharaoh? Why are you killing all these boys? Because we don't want them to grow up and be men of war. We don't want them to grow up. We have our our agenda that we need to fulfill. Did you ever think that we would get to a point that agenda would actually be more important than saving a human life? Now, we believe that life is important. But we see back here... And I also noticed this, and we won't get into a whole lot of this. Do you notice that on their agenda that it wasn't every baby boy, it wasn't the Egyptian baby boys, but they were actually trying to protect their race. They were trying to protect their culture. And they started singling out saying, hey, if a baby is born and they're a boy of this certain race, of this certain nationality, then make sure that they get killed. Make sure they get thrown in a river their agenda. You say, Pastor, do you really believe that that stuff is taking place today? It has been said over and over and over on how overpopulated we are getting here in our nation and around the world. Well, what's the only solution according to the world for overpopulation? Somebody's got to die. Starting with the young, going to the old, and if you don't cut it in between, hey, what's the whole philosophy? And I'm going to get preaching here in a little while. We might be longer than just 11, than one o'clock today. But what's the whole agenda when it comes, hey, some of them evolution believers, the survival of the fittest, what was it? Hey, if you're not strong enough to survive, then you deserve just to die off. And listen, it's no wonder it starts with the babies all the way back, starts with the babies, it's making its way to the elderly, and listen, it will be implemented on the sickly in between that can't be able to make it. And there's a personal agenda. Would you believe the devilish actions that are taking place across our nation and around this world and people truly know what they are doing when they are killing a baby and pulling them out piece by piece? When, the, when, when you can see the, the videos that are out there and it just came out on the news a week and a half ago of a young lady that pulls into a, a parking lot and you see the door open up and her grab her newborn baby by a hand and a leg and toss him into a dumpster, close the lid, get in their vehicle and drive out of the parking lot. You say, why is that? Because, listen, people have an agenda in life today, and guess what? If that doesn't fit into what their agenda is and what they are trying to accomplish, well, it just doesn't fit into my lifestyle right now, then you should have thought about that before you were playing around. Well, everybody ought to have a choice. Well, make the choice beforehand before it affects someone's life. But their agenda and their decision-making and what they're going through life, and here's Pharaoh that is seated up there. You know why it was so easy for him to be able to make this decision? He had his firstborn. He had his children already. Then he could make a decision and say, hey, go ahead and kill all them Israelite baby boys. Didn't fit into the plan that he had. I'm not going to get preaching on this a whole lot a little bit later, but can I say this? When God brought death back to their homes, on the tenth plague and the death of the firstborn, i say this, there was weeping and wailing. The Bible says a cry that had not been heard before that moment or since that moment because of the young people that were dying across that nation that night in the Passover. And I just wonder if God brought judgment back to a nation and said, listen, you're killing these babies across the nation. Here's the death of the firstborn as the tenth plague across the nation. Listen, agenda is more important than life. And you say, listen, we ought not to put anything above that. Life is so sacred. It really is. But then I also noticed this, and we won't take the time to turn over to it, but remember in the book of Matthew, chapter number 2, remember when the wise men come and they inquire in uh, Bethlehem, hey, where is the king of the Jews going to be born? Boy, that makes it all the way up to Herod's ears. And can I say this, as I look down through that passage, and I read it again early this morning, and I've been meditating on that passage all week long, I started thinking, hmm, It's awfully interesting, not just an agenda, but I thought pride and personal glory is more important than life. You say, what do you mean? Do you understand what was mentioned when it came to Herod's ears? It was this, where is he that is born, king of the Jews? Well, hold on. There's not going to be another king that sits upon the throne. Herod was the ultimate. He was the supreme authority there. And he wasn't going to yield it to anybody. Not going to give his glory off to anybody. And especially not be prideful, have, have his pride damaged by having another king that's born. Man, he starts lying. And I know a crowd that kills babies left and right that never lie to anybody about it. He starts lying, hey, when you go find him and and come and give me word too so that we can come and worship him also. Furthest thing from his mind was trying to worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You say, well, how do you know that? Because you keep reading in Matthew chapter number 2 and he put out a decree. And listen, just looking at the time frame, he said, listen, I want you to kill every baby boy from two years of age and under. Now, listen to me. Do you understand what was taking place across that nation? Now, I'm thankful we have some parents here that have chose life. Do you understand? I mean, hey, we're going to have a couple up here, Brother Josh and Miss Ashley. Do you understand that they could walk into your house, living over in Bethlehem, and take Maddox out of your arms? when King Herod gave that decree. Just in case, that was the one that was born, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the King of the Jews. And we look down through the Scripture, listen, there's an agenda that's more important than life, which is totally backwards. We see it in Matthew where they're killing baby boys. That personal glory is more important. But then can I share this with us? And I believe... This is more important and, and, and just of utmost importance. Come back. It's in Exodus chapter number 1. I want you to see this in verse number 17. It's actually said twice in this passage of Scripture. The decree was put forth. Kill the baby boys. Kill them as they're being born, if you find them. And listen, it went beyond the midwives to now the decree was given, we'll read it, to all the people. That if you see a baby boy that's an Israelite here in Egypt, grab that baby and throw him in the river. We'll see it. Look at verse number 17. But here's what I believe is missing more than anything else. Why is there an attack on human life? Most importantly, I believe, a complete disregard for God. But here's what you had, even in these Egyptians, the Bible says in verse number 17, but the midwives feared God. You ever wonder where they got that message about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Hey, listen, I guarantee they were around these Israelite ladies a whole lot more than just showing up when they were given birth. But the midwives feared God and did not, as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. Come down with me. Look what the Bible says in verse number 19. Midwives said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, but they are, for they are lively and are delivered, ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very great. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God. And I thought, do you understand what saved lives back here in Egypt? It was a group of people that feared Almighty God. Now I've noticed that there's so many things that could be said this morning and I thought all the way down through here you have a nation that is killing every baby boy that they could but listen, someone had a fear of God that stood up and said no. We're not doing that and through one of those babies that was delivered guess what? God brought forth a deliverer for the entire nation of Israel. We get over into Matthew and listen out of all those babies that were being slaughtered back in Matthew chapter number 2, there was a man that listened to God and said, you need to rise up, run down to Egypt. Boy, and, and listen, I won't get into that. But the same nation in Exodus chapter 1 that was killing the baby boys gave refuge to the baby boy back in Matthew chapter number 2. But there was someone who listened to God and said, listen, I'm not going to allow that baby to be killed and rose up another deliverer because someone said that life is important. What could be done across our nation? Listen, if we'd get the fear of God back inside of us and understanding that God created life and understand that every life is important in the eyes of God. You say, well, it'd just be better to, to end my life. No, you're taking the, the purpose of God out of your life. Listen, I believe that life is important all the way from conception all the way till that heart stops beating by itself. I believe life is important. We're created in the image of God. You say, Pastor, you don't understand my life. You don't understand what I've been through. Hey, listen, there's a God in heaven that knows exactly where you're at. There's a God in heaven that knows what you've been through. There's a God in heaven that's been tempted in all manner like as we, yet without sin. He understands your life. And your life is valuable to Him. But yet, remind us of this, that it seems like the voices of this world that are attacking human life are a whole lot louder than the words and the voices that are proclaiming that life is a gift from God. And I believe it's time that, listen, and I've never said this in my life, it's time we take some lessons from some midwives and start realizing that life is precious in the sight of God and that baby is precious and saying, hey, it's not just because the life is precious, but there was a deeper conviction that said they feared God. You know something? There's a God in heaven. and let me remind us here in America in our state, There's a God in heaven that is taking notice of what's taking place across this nation. When we get over to Proverbs chapter number 6, and it says one of the things that God hates is hands that shed innocent blood. And that baby's only crime, Exodus chapter number 1, Matthew chapter number 2, that baby's only crime that they're sentenced to death for is existing. They're only crime. I thought, Lord, if you'd allow us to, listen, there is an attack against life. But if you'd allow us to be able to be on the front lines, listen, if we could be the front line of defense across our state, if we could be a front line of defense right here in our city, in our communities, to be able to say, hey, we're ready to be able to help out with that. What about someone coming along beside a Juliana who's, listen, five months pregnant, has nobody whatsoever, be able to come along and say, hey, it's okay. We're not celebrating sin, but we'll celebrate life. And God can use that. It's been burnt into me, and I know some of you are burnt out on the movie Sheffy from watching it all growing up. But I will say this, I've never forgotten about that young lady. I was laying there and gave birth to that little baby boy. And he rode that, that uh Robert Sheffey rode his horseback, I believe all the way up into West Virginia it was. Get up there and be able to pray over that little boy and over that mama that was there. And she said, Here's what the mama said. Said, I know I've sinned against God. And I know things aren't right, but do you think God would hold that against my baby? And Robert Sheffield we have recorded, bowed his head and prayed for that little boy prayed that he'd be a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus and he specifically said this in his prayer said would you let him to stand in a thousand pulpits across our nation to be able to proclaim your word years later it's recorded that sheffy just before he passed away received a letter and it was from a young man and he said you man you don't know me He said, but you knew my mom. And he said, I'm told you stood beside my bed as a baby and prayed. And he said, I just wanted to report to you. He said, I've given my life to the Lord. And he said, this past week, he said, I stood in my 1,000th pulpit. He said that I was able to preach the Word of God. May I say this? We don't have to just bow down and surrender in the attack against human life here in our state or across our nation. But it's going to take a group of believers understanding and getting the old-fashioned fear of God in our hearts in our lives to be able to stand up and say life is valuable. Life is important and make a difference in the lives of those that are around us. Now you say, Pastor, how important are things? Can I say this? If you're here today, now I'm thankful that someone chose life for you. But you may be here and they chose physical life. But can I say God's chosen eternal life for you. And God thought enough of you, according to John chapter number 3, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And I thought long before we were ever considered in a twinkle in our parents' eyes, God had a plan to be able to save our souls for eternity. And I'm saying, Lord, if there's someone here today, listen, we value your life. We value every breath that you're able to take. But God values your soul for all of eternity. And if God values your soul, guess what? We value your soul too. And if you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to remind us and encourage you, today's the day for it. He died for you, was buried, and rose again because your life's important.